Amen. Well, good morning again. And uh, as I shared just a moment ago, we're super excited uh, to have some awesome, uh, amazing people with us this morning. Uh, Pastor Mike and Jenny Ware uh, from Denver, Colorado. How many of you had a chance to come out yesterday to our GROW conference? Awesome. And so if you were here yesterday, you got a little taste of what you're going to get today. Uh, Pastor Mike and Jenny, uh, back in uh, back 1986, started a church in the basement of a college campus with just them and a, another little one lady and a couple kids. And uh, Five years ago, they transitioned their church over to their son uh, with over with an average attendance on Sundays of over 1,500 people, over 3,000 people call their church their church, and uh, he literally travels the world, and when I say that, I literally mean around the entire globe, uh, preached to 15,000 pastors last year, uh, training pastors and leaders from all around the globe, and uh, just a great heart, just an amazing passion and gift from the Lord, and we're honored to call them friends and to be uh, a part of uh, just fellowship and relationship with them, so y'all give a great big Alabama welcome to Pastor Mike this morning as he comes. Well, good morning, everybody. Go Tigers. I can tell that was not well received. I'm from Louisiana originally, but that makes me a, a Tiger fan. Go Tigers. Well, I can tell this is going to be a hard message this morning. It's good to be in Alabama, though, in Arab, Alabama, with this great pastors. I mean, your pastors, Kelly and Keith. I mean, aren't they a tremendous blessing? Really, aren't they a great blessing? You, you don't realize what you have. I go all over the world, like he was saying. I preach in churches all over America. I'm you don't know what you have here. These are really great people. Authentic, real, genuine, have character, have integrity. That's the kind of people I want to be around. That's who I want to be as my pastor. And so congratulations on what you've been doing and what you've all accomplished and met with all your great team yesterday. And there's no reason why you can't just reach for the moon and hit it. Amen? And I'm believing with you. You know, Pastor Keith asked me if I would teach on increase. How many of you believe God wants you to increase in something in 2020? And I believe 2020, I'm proclaiming it's going to be a great year for this church and for you as an individual. And I believe God wants to bless your life. He wants to give you something. He wants you to increase. Some of you need some increased wisdom. You need some increase in mercy or grace or healing. Isn't that right? Some of you need some compassion. You need some blessing. Some of you need some prosperity. How many of you need a little prosperity in 2020? How about a promotion? Would that be all right? I'm, listen, I, listen, I'm preaching on increase, and I've asked God for all of you who really kind of raise your hand but don't really believe it, don't really mean it, I've asked God to give me your portion. Amen? So I'm, I think I'm going to slosh my way onto that plane tonight and go back to Denver full, full, because maybe you just didn't believe in your heart that you could receive what God wants you to have. Listen, God wants to do some great things for you in 2020. You just fasted 21 days because you believe something. And I want to share some things with you today that might bless your heart because God is not interested in withholding anything from you. God is a God that loves you. He cares about you. He wants to bless your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. He is not stingy. He wants to release something to you, and I believe this in my heart. And I want to show you something in Romans 8, verse 32. And this is going to be the foundation of where we're going today. You've got to get this. I, I want to challenge you to memorize this verse. Because if you grab hold of this, 
There is nothing that can hold you back in your faith to believe that God can do these great things that you raised your hand for just a moment ago. Here's what the verse says. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up from us for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, I don't know if you see what I see in that verse, but if, if God who gave us his son, who restored a relationship with the Father who has forgiven you of your sins, redeemed you from the dark places that you were at, how shall he not also with his son, how shall Jesus also not freely give you all things? Not only, look, Christ has come to give you life and life more abundantly. I know you quote that scripture, but I don't know if you really believe it or not. Because Christ has come to give you life, that means eternal life, but he comes to give you life more abundantly, that's things in this life. Now, would God do one and not do the other? That's my question to you. Would he give you eternal life? Would he send Jesus, his son, to redeem you and restore you, but not freely give you all things? Listen, that's not the kind of God we serve. And God wants to not only just redeem you and see your sins forgiven, he wants to begin to freely give you all things. I'm talking about all things, all things. How shall he not do this? He will do, if he's done one, he will do the other. And I want to speak this morning on what I call the divine secrets of a double portion. Because some of you probably are having a hard time wrapping your mind around increase in your life. And I think an easy place to start is a doubling. I mean, my mind can, can believe for a doubling. I can take a nickel and believe for a dime, right? How many of you can do that? I can, I can take a dollar and believe for two dollars. I can take a hundred dollars and believe for two hundred. You know the reason why? It's the same amount of faith. If I, if I want to believe for a doubling for a nickel to a dime, it's the same amount of faith to believe for a hundred to two hundred. Same amount. There's no difference in the faith. And you raised your hand and you said you want to see God do something. He wants, you want Him to bless your life and increase your life with mercy and grace and abundance and all of those kind of things. But I want you to wrap your mind around this morning the idea of a double portion. Now, to have a double portion, we need to shore up some faulty walls of faith and belief that you have. We need to, we need to uh, correct some faulty belief systems that you have and fix some broken principles of God that somehow or other in your life they got broken. You know, this might be a year that some people are going to have their faith restored, Pastor. They lost their faith in 2019. I mean, things happened in their life, and it's just faith that kind of wandered off, you know. But I believe you're going to find your faith in 2020, and I believe you're going to find some increase in 2020. Now, I don't know what you need to increase in. Maybe a healing, maybe a breakthrough, maybe a miracle, maybe finances. I don't really know. I just know that we have a God that wants to do something for you. He wants to bless you. And I'm hoping that you can grab hold of this. I want to connect some dots for you this morning because I got a revelation out of some verses that I had never really seen this before, but I'm telling you, it not only challenged me, I mean my face shot through the roof on some things. And I'm hoping, I've been praying for you all morning long since about four this morning, that God would open up your hearts to receive this word. I want you to turn over to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah was one of the greatest prophets in Israel, most revered prophet in all that land. And I want to show you the prophecy that he gave because he prophesied about Christ. And uh, when we read this, you're going to all know the verses, but it says in verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He's talking about Jesus. He's prophesying about Christ, right? He said, 
He said, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our Lord, and to comfort all that mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. That's prophesying about Jesus. How many of you believe that Jesus has fulfilled all the, those verses right there? Do you, really, do you really believe He's fulfilled all those verses? Okay, amen. In fact, when preachers or Christians talk about Christ, we use these verses. Because that describes exactly what Jesus came to do. And He did all those things. I mean, it's all good stuff. He, he delivered you. He, he, he redeemed you from prisons and captivity. And He's come against your enemies. He has covered you, covered you with praise and glory. He's done all those kind of He's done that for you. You've already experienced it. How many of you, again, let me see your hands. Do you really believe that He fulfilled that Scripture? Amen. Amen. Okay. But you know, the prophecy continues. Most of us stop right there. I mean, I did. When I preached these verses, I just stopped right there. That's the end of that. But Isaiah has four more verses that he's prophesying that I don't think we ever have noticed and we've never paid attention to. You see, the first three verses, he prophesied about Jesus. But the next four verses, he prophesied about you. I want you to see what he said about, about you. In verse 4, it says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens or strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. That sounds like increase to me, doesn't it? That sounds like, uh, that sounds like multiplication. That sounds like, like uh, uh, promotions. That's what this sounds like to me. That's what this prophecy, this prophecy is saying. He goes on to say in verse 6, And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and their riches. Uh, you will boast. I mean, come on, somebody. I like that idea. Instead, watch this. Now, this is going to bless you. He said, instead of their shame, my people. Everybody say, my people. Everybody say, that's me. Because this prophecy is about you. He said, my people will receive a double portion. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? He said, they will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, so they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I've connected these dots together, and I'm really amazed at the prophecy about Christ, which we all believed, and then there's a prophecy about you that you will, you will receive a double portion. That means it will be given to you. And then it says, again, that you will inherit a double portion. That means that you will possess it. I want to tell you, God, the prophecy for God for you wasn't that just Christ would come to give you eternal life. He's come to give you life, but He's come to give you life more abundantly. The other part of the prophecy is that you would be blessed. A double portion. How many of you want a double portion? Amen. I want a double portion. I mean, He's given it to me, and I'm going to possess it. I'm going to possess it. Now, here's the thing. He said, if my people, my people, that's us, my people will receive a double portion. They will inherit a double portion. Look, if you believe the first half of the prophecy has been fulfilled, what is your problem that you cannot believe for the second half of it? What's our problem? 
I saw your hand earlier. Oh, yeah, Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. Now, here's a prophecy. The rest of it is about you. If you have enough faith to believe the first part, why can't you have enough faith to believe for the second part? And here's my point. I believe God right now today is looking for somebody who will believe the second part of that prophecy. Because he already knows you believe the first part. And those who will be willing to believe the second part, I believe he is ready to give the double portion for you to possess. Can I hear an amen from you? But hold on right here. Let me just rewind because I'm trying to connect some dots for you and lay... These are amazing scriptures. I want to lay the foundation before I get into three simple points to help you to get that double portion. If we rewind to Isaiah 40, verse 1 and 2, I want to show you something here. It says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You know, before we met Jesus, before the first half of the prophecy, you know, we were, we were receiving a double portion for all of our sins. But because we believed the first half of that prophecy, guess what? God reversed it so that he could pour out to you a double blessing, a double portion of blessing. Are you seeing this? Jesus frees us from darkness, and then we receive a double portion. We inherit it. Look, that's not all of it. There's more. I mean, this is like a television commercial. Hold on. You know, there's more. Call 1-800-555. I mean, if you order right now, we'll d double your order. I mean, just pay shipping and handling. You know, you've seen those commercials? Listen, there's more. Let me show you something in the book of Zechariah chapter 9, a prophetic message from God about covenant. Now, how many of you know what a covenant is? When God makes a covenant, it can't be broken. It can't be changed. I mean, it, it can't be reversed. Uh, but here's what he said. He said, as for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. That's hell. He said, he said I'm, my covenant is I'm going to free you from hell. I'm going to free you from this waterless pit. And watch. He said, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope, today. Today, declare, I declare that I will restore to you double. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? The Bible's talking about double, a double portion, a doubling. Listen, I t it's hard for us to wrap our mind around an increase, but God is saying a good place for you to start is just a simple doubling. That's not the end of what God wants to do. That's the beginning of what he's trying to do with you. A doubling, a doubling. Listen, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. He said today, today. It's not next week. Today, you ought to grab hold of this idea of a double portion. But look, that's not enough. Let me show you one other thing. Deuteronomy 21, verse 17. I, know you're, I don't know if you're aware of God's principles of inheritance, but let me show you God's guidelines for it. It says in verse 17, But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength, and the right of the firstborn is his. I want you to know that the right of the firstborn is a double portion. Now, I want you to grab hold of this. The firstborn must have the rights and the privileges that belong to a firstborn. Amen? God requires it. That's his rules. I mean, that's just the way he did it. But I want you to grab this today. When you come to Christ and you believe in your heart that he saved you from your, your sins, the Bible says you become born again. Isn't that right? Now, if you're born again, guess what that makes you? Makes you the firstborn. And whether you like it or not, I mean, 
you got the double portion. I mean, when God made the covenant, it set in motion a double portion. When you got saved, you became a firstborn. You have all the, you have all the heritage and the, and the birthrights of a firstborn. A double portion belongs to you. Now, if you don't want it, I've asked God, let me have it. Come on, somebody. I want that dose. Give me a double dose. This is a, these, these are amazing verses, amazing scriptures. The right of the firstborn belongs to us. It means when you got born again as a son or a daughter, daughter whether you like it or not, I'm sorry, I have to apologize to you for this, you're going to get a double portion. That would have been a good place for an amen, don't you think? No, it's too late. Don't do it now. You just missed. Yahoo. I'm hoping, I'm hoping just by these few little verses I'm sharing with you that you're being convinced in your soul that God has something for you in 2020. Here's the three divine secrets to receiving it. Okay, I've laid out, I've laid out the scriptures. I mean, I don't know what else God can share with you to shake you, you know, slap you, whatever it takes, to wake you up that he wants to bless your life. You know, I see Christians all the time, oh yeah, I want God to bless me. Oh yeah, I want the abundant life of Christ. Oh yes, 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 yes. But we don't, we don't really grab it. But here God's laying it out for us. It's so simple. Okay, three secrets to the divine, uh, three divine secrets to the double portion. Number one, a divine portion begins with a revelation. A revelation. A revelation is about seeing something. A revelation is like a photo. It's a snapshot. I mean, it's like God peels back the curtains of heaven so you can see what he has for your life. So you get a picture of it on the inside. I mean, you may not see it yet on the outside, but you have it on the inside. That's called a revelation. You know, I, I just shared from you God's word uh, uh, and his plan to bring increase and in multiplication in your life. You saw it. You read it. We read it together. We saw those things. It touched your intellect. It gave you knowledge. It made you think. But until God's word gets illuminated in your spirit, it's not a revelation. It's just information. And a lot of you are going to miss your double portion because you got it up here, but you don't have it down here. You see, you're going to walk away saying, man, that was a good message. You got information. It's those who have the revelation, those who have the snapshot on the inside that says, I saw my healing. I saw on the other side my prosperity. I saw on the other side that double portion. I saw it. I saw it. It's on the inside of me. That's called a revelation. A revelation is making known something that has previously been secret or unknown. You know the word reveal, like I'm going to reveal something to you? That's where we, it comes from the word revelation. It means to lay bare or to lay open. God is trying to lay open for you. We just saw the scriptures. He's trying to lay open for you a revelation about what he wants to do for your life. It's called, he wants you to see it. It's a revelation. That's how faith is birthed. Faith is birthed when you see something. That you can believe. When God peels back the heavenlies uh, and shows you something, that's, where, birth, that's where, where, where faith begins to get birth. He reveals that mystery. I love what Paul says. Some of my favorite scriptures. In 1 Corinthians 2, he says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has already prepared for them. In other words, there's something that I want to reveal to you that you don't know about yet. But I'm going to peel back the curtain for you so you can see it, so you can get a snapshot, a photo of it in your spirit. Why? Because I want you to have faith for it. He goes on to say, but God has revealed. In other words, God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. 
You see, the Spirit of God is trying to reveal to you this morning a snapshot of a double portion. It's your inheritance. belongs to you. By covenant, it belongs to you. Because you turned away from sin, which caused a double portion to come to you because of sin. I'm not talking about a good double portion. But Christ redeemed you. And then we saw the prophecy of Isaiah where, uh, uh, where Jesus would rescue your soul so that he could give you the double portion. Would God do one without the other? I don't think so. Not my God. And so here we are. Paul is saying that God wants to reveal these things through the Spirit. Verse 12, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have freely given to us, been freely given to us by God. Now didn't we just read a moment ago in Romans 8 that Jesus was sent by His Father so that He might freely give us all things? Now here's Paul talking about Jesus freely giving us all things. Because of a revelation. Because of a snapshot. It says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolish, foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned or revealed. Now see we've just read some of these scriptures. You got it up here. But until you get it down here. That double portion may elude you. That increase or blessing that you're looking for may elude you. I just want you to grab this. The Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God, and He wants to reveal them to you. Why? So you can get a snapshot in your spirit, so you can see it, so faith will rise up. That's what He's trying to do for you in your life. An inward revelation, an inward revelation causes you to dream on a higher level. It forces my faith to go, faith to go farther and farther. You know, your mind, your mind thinks according to your faith. But your faith moves according to your revelation. Isn't that true? And it's easy to believe for something that you've seen. If I can see it on the inside, I can believe for it. Anybody been to Denver? Let me see your hands if you've been to Denver. Okay. Uh, some of you that raised your hands, you know this, but some of you that don't. When you're in Denver, you look to the west, you see that beautiful mountain range right there. It's beautiful, isn't it? I see it every day. But there are times when the clouds lower down over the mountain that if you were to fly in, you'd never been there. You would never know those mountains were there. They just kind of get shrouded or hidden by the clouds. Well, there was a lady that sent me a note one time at the church. Her name was Amy. Her son was Davin. He was four years old. She was taking him to preschool. It happened to be a cloudy day. And she said, Davin, look over to where the mountains are. She said, I don't see them. Do you still think they're there? He said, oh yeah, just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. He said, it's kind of like God. You don't see him, but he's there. Hello, that's a four-year-old. What is our problem? God has a blessing for you. You don't see it, but it's there. It comes by a revelation. It's like the story of Elijah and Elisha. They were crossing over the Jordan River, and Elijah asked him what he wants to be done for him when he's taken away. He said, I want a double portion. And listen to this. Elijah said, if you see me when I'm taken. In other words, if you can get a snapshot of it in your heart, if you can see me when I'm taken, it'll happen for you. See, a double portion begins with a revelation. It begins with a revelation. To have what is not seen, you've got to see what is not there. Now, I don't know about you, but when I close my eyes, I can see things in the Spirit. And then I can open my eyes and believe for that. It's like when we built our building. I, can, I close my eyes. I can see thousands of people coming from every direction. 
I would open my eyes, and then I'd have to believe for it. On the first service that we had in our new building, they came from, they came from every direction. Thousands of people came to the first service. Was I surprised? No. It's because I'd seen them in my spirit. I had a revelation of it. And so I could believe my faith went to a different level. Am I making sense to you? Before I go to the next point, let me challenge you. Let me just give you a little challenge. Let me, let me do it this way. If I, if, if I offered you $1,000 to put together a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle in four hours, how many of you would say, I'm, I'm game, let me do that? Amen. Some of you don't want that $1,000. Let's double it. Let's make it a double portion. How about $2,000 to put a 1,000-piece puzzle together in four hours? How many of you would do it? Okay. But there's one catch. You can't see the picture on the box. Makes it a little harder, doesn't it? See, that's my point. If you can get a picture on the inside of your heart, it makes it a lot easier to believe. Jeannie loves putting together jigsaw puzzles. Why? I don't know. It's like my son runs marathons. If you see me running, you need to come help me, because that means somebody's probably after me. I mean, I can run from here to the road, and they'll call flight for life. You know what I mean? But... Um, I mean, Jeannie will sit there and she'll study the picture on that box. I mean, she'll study and she'll look at those pieces, study it, look at those pieces. Next thing you know, she picks up a piece and puts it in the puzzle. You know the reason why? Because she had a picture of it. You see, how can you get a double portion? How can you have faith for something if you don't get a picture of it? It's called a revelation. It's a snapshot for your soul. Are you getting this? Are you grabbing hold of this? Let me go to number two. A double portion comes to those who hunger for it. If you're just happy where you are, well, you're probably not going to receive anything. But if you're really hungry for something from God or for God, then I believe the Lord's going to open up some doors for you. When you get hungry, it changes everything about your life. You know that's true. You've been fasting for 20-something days. You know what? I saw those pork chops that you had the other night. I mean, they are this thick and about this big around. I mean, come on, Holy Ghost. You know, when you get hungry for something, it changes your priorities, it changes your life, it changes your direction, all those kind of things. Isn't that true when you're hungry? When you're hungry, you go out of your way to satisfy the hunger. Now, if you're hungry for that increase or that blessing or that miracle, or that healing, then it's going to change your life. I was driving to our church office one day, and uh, I, uh, something kind of popped in my mind about having a Krispy Kreme donut. Everybody knows about Krispy Kreme donuts? It's the will of God. I mean, if there was manna, I would imagine that's what manna must have been like. Let me tell you how good a Krispy Kreme donut is. You want to know how good it is? If I can tie, tie your hands behind your back, put one on top of your head, your tongue will beat yourself to death trying to get to it. The first time I ever bit into a Krispy Kreme donut, I, I bowed down and worshiped God. It was amazing. But I love these apple-filled cinnamon powder donuts. And whatever, for whatever reason, as I was driving to the office, I had that thing pop into my mind, and I started, I got a picture of it. I saw it in my hand. I felt the texture of it. I could see that donut getting closer and closer to my mouth. I'm driving. How I didn't get in a wreck, I don't know. I saw myself taking a bite out of it. You know what I did? I did a U-turn in the road. I drove five miles out of the way, and I got me a cinnamon apple-filled powder donut. Not one. I got a double portion somebody. I saw the, those glazed donuts coming off that conveyor belt. I said, give me a dozen of those, too. 
It all came because I was hungry. Hunger changed my priorities. It changed my direction. It changed my life. You've got to get hungry. Are you hungry for the blessing of God? You need to get a snapshot of it. You need a picture of it in your soul. You need a revelation of it. And then you need to get hungry for it. It's amazing how hungry will, hunger will drive you. It's like Elijah and Elisha we've been talking about in 2 Kings 2. I want you to see what happens here. It says that it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into the heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And then Elijah said to Elisha, this was his prophet in training. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now, it was a test. It was the hunger test. Elijah wanted to see if he really wanted the double portion. He'd already asked for it. He said, if you see me, you get a snapshot of it. He said, you can have it. But he wanted to see if he was really hungry for it. He said, you just stay right here and I'm going to go on. But you know, Elisha passed the hunger test. He said, look, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I ain't leaving you. I'm sticking on you like white on rice. He said, everywhere you go, I'm going because if I see you go, I get a double portion. See, Elisha had a vision of that double portion hidden in his heart. There was no quit in him. He was hungry for it. Like Jacob. Remember how Jacob wrestled with the angel? He, he knew about the promise that God had made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob to give him this promised land, the land of, land of Canaan. And so when he sees this angel before him, he says, hold it. This is my moment right here. He grabbed hold of that angel. He said, he said I want you to bless me. He said, let go of me. He said, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. I mean, he was hungry, fought all night, wrestled with the angel all night. I mean, his hip was dislocated. He was in pain. Look, sometimes hunger, there's hunger pains. Sometimes we have to get so hungry that we're in pain. And he wrestled the angel all night until he said, just let me go, let me go. I'll bless you. And he did because he had a revelation and he had a vision. And he had a hunger. Let me ask you this. What are you hungry for? What are you really hungry for? When you close your eyes, what do you see? When you open your eyes, what are you believing for? You see, this is where the double portion comes. I saw your hand. You said, I want that. Give me some of that. Do you really want it? I'm showing you how. This is the divine secrets. It starts with a revelation, seeing it. Number two, it continues with being hungry for it. And then number three... A double portion comes to those who speak it. You know, it's not enough just to believe in your heart. You've got to start saying something with your mouth. And, uh, and this is what Elisha did. 2 Kings 2 verse 9 says, And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away. Watch this. Watch this. This is pretty cool. Elisha said... He said something. Something came out of his mouth. He said, I want a double portion. I mean, boom, shakalaka. There it is right there. It came out of his mouth. He said it, I want a double portion. You know, you, you need to start saying, I want a double portion. I want God's blessing in my life. I want that increase. I want that promotion. I want that healing. I want God to touch me. I want God to repair my marriage. I want God to do something. Look, you're going to speak. You all speak. If you're going to speak, why don't you speak big? You know, uh, Isaiah says that God creates the fruit of your lips. Some of you need to start praying. It's like, you know, your words are like seed. He said he'll create the fruit of your lips. Some of you need to pray for crop failure. 
Did you hear what I said? Because you've been planting seeds of doubt and unbelief and things that are negative. And I mean, you need to change your words. You need to speak it. I've decided there's a lot of things in our mouth. Some of you are proclaiming not enough about your God that's more than enough. I'll tell you this story before we kind of wrap this up. Gina and I were in a conference a number of years ago, and it was about 60% business leaders and 40% pastors. And um, there was a young man who was in his late 20s who was, had become very wealthy, but he, he, he was sharing something that happened to him. Somehow or other, everything took a bad turn, and they were losing everything. He was distraught, he and his wife. They were about to lose their home, their business, their cars, everything they owned because everything just went south on them. He said they were so distraught trying to figure out what to do that some friends of theirs gave up my little puppy. True story. And they were so distraught that, that for six or eight months, they never even gave that dog a name. But one day they looked and that little puppy was now 80 pounds. It had grown. And they said, we've got to give that dog a name. He says, he's grown so much, we'll just call him Increase. That was that, what they named, Increase. He said, it was that day that our life and our fortunes changed. He said, because we didn't realize what our words were doing to us. He said, we started calling Increase into the house. Come on, Increase. Come on over here, baby. Come on, Increase. Come on, come on right over here to Daddy. Calling, come on, Increase. Come on, come on, Increase. Get on in here. He said, it changed their words. He said, he said, this morning, when he was testifying, he said, this morning, I took a phone call and I made a quarter million dollars on one phone call. You know the reason why? He started changing his words and what he was saying. He began to call to increase into his house. I'm getting ready to buy me a dog and call him blessed. Come on, blessing. Come on, blessing. Come on into the house right here. It's your words. It's your words. It's your words. I want to show you this real quick. I've got a couple of minutes. The Bible says there's a thing called the spirit of faith. Now, I want you to grab this. It's going to bless you. We need to understand what God calls the spirit of life-giving faith. Because, see, you can have faith to be saved and not be saved. Now, now, listen to me. You can have faith to be healed and not be healed. You can have faith for prosperity and never see God bless your life because it's called dead faith. You have dead faith. You don't have the spirit of faith. You know, uh, uh, James talks about, you know, faith without works is dead. So you can have dead faith. But it's faith. You know, it's faith, but it's lost its spirit. I guess that's an easy way to say it. You have faith, but it doesn't have the spirit anymore. So I want you to get this. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, this is great. This is amazing. It says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, watch this, and therefore I have spoken. No, something's coming out. The spirit of faith says, we have it. He says, therefore, I've spoken. We also believe, therefore, we speak. I want you to see, the spirit of faith is in our mouth. If you want to see your faith that has spirit, you need to see what you're saying. What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Look, we started our church in the basement of a community college. We would have still been there with those little 90 seats in that classroom. But we said, we said, we're not going to stay here. 
we're going to outgrow this place. We're going to touch more people, reach more people. We said, we found a bigger building, three times the size, and we started to fill that up over and over. But we said, we said, that's not, not the end. This is the beginning for us. We said we're going to touch more, reach more, see more saved. And we ended up getting into a bigger building. When that thing started filling up, we said, we said, this is not the end of our journey. This is the beginning of our journey. We said we're going to keep reaching people and touching lives and souls. And we bought some land and built this multi-million dollar building. And that thing is filling up over and over again. And you know what we're saying? That's still not the end. We're going to keep going and reaching more and more. It's because of the words in our mouth, because we believe God wants to bless us. And I believe that's in the heart of your pastor. I believe that's in the heart of these leaders right here. So this morning, if you really want a double portion, I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Father, in the house today are people who have lifted their hands. And I'm praying, Lord, that this is not just information, but this is a revelation for them. That you want to bless them with a double portion. 2020 is going to be the greatest year for their life, the greatest year for this church, the greatest year to win souls and see people baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, increase of this ministry and multiplication of campuses in Jesus' name. Lord, I see a thousand people attending this church. Lord, I'm asking you to begin sending them in from the north and the south and the east and the west. We're claiming them. We're believing for that right now. And Lord, give everybody in this house a revelation. And let a hunger be stirred up on the inside of us, Lord, that we won't stop. We're going to pursue, Lord God. Our, change, our life will change. We're going to prioritize some things in our life. And Lord, that the words of our mouth will change. Lord, we're going to begin speaking words of life and increase and multiplication because, Lord, that's where the divine secret of a double portion is. We claim this right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.